Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm good. I've, so I kind of woke up, well, not woke up, I went home yesterday. Mm. We've got a lot of stuff on at the moment. Yes. And We're being invaded. Being invaded. I, and I was like, God, how, how do we stop getting invaded? <laughs> and I'm, I'm struggling with that. And also how to help the SEO of the invasion. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just thinking, I'm thinking, and then I'm like, huh. It's the 12th, which means in a month and two days, I'm running a marathon. Oh, yeah, you are. And I haven't done any training for three weeks. And I just spent the entire weekend eating McDonald's and drinking Guinness. And KFC. And drinking KFC as well. <laughs> yeah, the chicken gravy that you get. So Delicious. I panicked. I, I did uh, I did what any sensible, rational person would do, and I panicked. Did you go for your panic run? I went for a panic run. <laughs> I ran to work this morning. Did I've you? Never, I've never... You weren't in the office when I got you were down here yeah, in the studio. I was recording. Yeah, I, I got in. I had my full 80s headband on. Yeah. Uh, and I, didn't, I'm st- I still haven't stopped sweating. I got Stitch... Uh, the, it was wind. Oh, man. It is David Blowy out it there today. It was very windy. It is Morgan windy. It was not pleasant. It was seven and a half kilometers. Uh, I've got to do that how many more times? Four, five more times. I've got to do that five times. <sighs> Mate, Russell Talk, get better. I thought mm. I thought it was going to be more like the last panic run you had when you got home and realised that you hadn't been for a run and you hadn't done any training. So you just literally that second went for a run. Yeah, put like on in, some shorts and just ran. Like in my head, you don't even change. Like no. you walk through the front door and it, you hit it and you go like, oh, and you just turn around and just start running. Yeah, jump out the window. <laughs> Boris Gump, exactly. keep on running. Yeah, so uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of bricking it now. Yeah. Because the worst thing you can do, actually the worst thing you can do is overtrain. Like it's it's so it's worse to overtrain than to not train because if you don't train, at least you can walk it. Yeah. If you overtrain and you injure yourself, you can't. You're, you're hobbling. Yeah. You're Becky lynching that entire forty-two kilometers. Yeah. Yeah. Mate. So I've got to try and temper the anxiety and fear by limiting the running. 
but I just want to run. I just want to run from my problems and for my profits. <laughs> well, there you are. That's a call out to the SWAF Nation. Email in your uh, encouragement to Ollie Davis. Uh, let's, let's all wrestle talk, get better this together. And we'll send encouragement to Ollie <laughs> to get him on his marathon, which we're all very, we're all rooting for you, man. The week after WrestleMania. Yeah, the week that's after. It is. Yeah, I mean, because that's not a busy time for us at all, mate. Invasion, WrestleMania, <laughs> having new people join the company. Yeah. <laughs> upgrading the kit. Yeah. Oh, do you know what? Um, I didn't mention this yesterday, but do you know what yesterday was of March 12th? Was it your two year anniversary? Very, coming up to it. Very close. We are coming up to my two-year anniversary. It's actually the four-year anniversary of my very first video for WrestleTalk. Ah, because you used to do the little newses before I made it all better. Before you made it better, we were doing it in front of that horrible background Ugh. where you had to do everything in like in one take. You couldn't yeah. mess up a line. There were no jump cuts. No jump cuts That's there. why the jump cuts are there, people. Because <laughs> we were quite bad at reading all yeah. news. <laughs> you essentially had to like learn a script and then mm. like play it back again. Yeah. Um, Less editing, though. Yeah, it was so. It was quite nice to um, go back and sort of see how far I've come. Apart from one comment that was just like, "Man, you've not improved at all since you've come here." And I'm, and oh, I was someone like, went back. Yeah, there are a few people that have gone back and been like, "Oh, look, it's Luke's first video on the channel." And there was one comment that's just like, "You've not improved whatsoever. Like you're at the exact same level." And I was like, "Mate, if you cannot see the difference between that and what I'm doing now, I'm not saying like I'm good at it now, but I'm so much better than what I was and I did my first video." I think he's just trying to rile you. Well, it worked. Um, we also had to put a call out. Well, at least uh, Ewan put a call out for better names for the Discord server mm. portion of the SWAF Nation. Um, we got no emails in, but the Discord server put some suggestions in, which as uh, the spinal cause, which was suggested by Dan. That's rubbish, Dan. <laughs> um, because Discord spinal. What the? But what does spinal mean for us? I don't know. Um, like you're the backbone of Wrestle Talk. It's too labored. WWE, re, re, sorry, Wrestle Talk Universe. <laughs> I'm still pushing it. Uh, Faker Tim, just Faker Tim suggested uh, Wrestle Cordians. It's better. That's better. Yeah. Um, I think that's the only suggestions that came in. Um, I mean, as I said, no one emailed me. Uh, or Discordians was another suggestion. Mm. But they, uh, Dan had said that sounds a bit too much like the Kardashians. Yeah, well, former apparent, apparently. A former guest host of WrestleMania. <laughs> it did happen, apparently, but uh, bug it if I can remember. I, I had to, for, for one of the stories today in the news, Eminem might be signing with WWE yeah, to feature on SmackDown. Yeah, because he's going to be doing uh, 2K20, um, which I also think is going to have Metallica on it, um, which I'm much more interested in than Eminem, because I have not listened to an Eminem album since the Marshall Mathers LP, which was way back in the day. His first one? No, that was the Slim Shady LP was his oh, first right. one, which is an awesome album. It's so good. And the Marshall Mathers LP is just as good. I just remember all the parental advisory stickers and yeah. my mum looking at them going, no. Oh, you yeah. Can't um, have that. Man, as a, as a metal kid in my teenage years, I was very much victim to the the, the parents' advisory guide, uh, the, the stickers. Um, I used to tear them off the uh, CD cases. If they oh, that's good. Tear them off the stickers, and then I used to put them on like my homework books and things like that because I was cool and edgy, yeah. obviously. Um, but like my mum bought me 
the uh, Limp Bizkit's Chocolate Starfish in the Hot Dog Flavoured Water album, but she bought me the one without that sticker, so it was the censored one where all the swearing is taken oh, out. Oh, rubbish. It, they actually made that. They actually made it, wow. and it worked. It's a bad album anyway. Like, that is objectively a terrible album with, like, maybe one good song, one or two good songs rolling, on it. Rolling, rolling, rolling. And rolling is, like, that is a two-and-a-half-star song. Like, it is middle of the road, but quite catchy. But my way, that's a banging track. That's mm. brilliant. Um, but yeah, so it made a very bad album worse. I once listened to My Way for three hours making <laughs> Lego when I was 14, <laughs> which is too old <laughs> to be for playing both. with Lego. <laughs> um, I, yeah, so I had to go around Ben Samuels' house to listen to it. Yeah. Be like, oh my God, they're it's, swearing. But, but like at that age, because there was no internet and I didn't know what the hell was going on, I'd just be like, so he did kill someone? Yeah. Is this like, is he a murderer? Yeah. And Ben's like, yeah, I think he is. Yeah. <laughs> 80% fact, I think he oh, is. Oh, have you, um, have you, speaking of that kind of innocent age, have yeah. you seen the trailer for Good Boys? No. Seth Rogen's, that sort of, that troop's new follow-up to Superbad. Oh, no, I've Sausage not. Party. It's, it's about three 10 to 11-year-olds just accidentally get in possession of some drugs not taking it but you know police are after them and yeah. all these things happen oh, it looks funny the trailer because it's a red band trailer talking of censored stuff yeah it opens with Seth Rogen sitting with the cast one of whom's Jacob Tremblay who's a great actor in the room or just no sorry room no the <laughs> and he's like so um you're in the movie but you can't watch the trailer for the movie. <laughs> and one of the one of the kids is like, that's effing stupid. And he said, like, yeah, yeah, I know it's effing stupid. You can say effing in the movie that we all agreed that you could star in, <laughs> but you can't watch yourself saying effing. That's illegal. Yeah. <laughs> I love Seth Rogen yeah. so much. I think I talked about this. Was I think I talked about this with you? The um, uh, that movie that's on Netflix with Kristen mm. Bell and Frasier, and then. Seth Rogen just shows up and I'm like instantly I'm so much more interested in this film because Seth Rogen's here now <laughs> it's honestly like running into a friend yeah it really is oh, it's my friend it's Seth yeah there I would love to be friends with Seth Rogen oh, you know man. what mate I think he would love to be friends with you Rip, I, no. I, no, no, that's nothing special about you. Oh, I right. just think he wants to be friends with everyone. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah, he is a nice guy. Right, before we get into the main show, let's have a quick Rusev Hey, This comes in from Marcel. It says, hi, Luke, Ollie, Laurie, but not Randy Dad, uh, or not Dandy Ransom, as he, Radson, as he puts. Mm. Uh, here is my second Rusev Hey sent in from this weekend. More, more specifically, from WXW 16 Karat Gold Night 2. As I explained to you last year, 16 Karat Gold is a big three-day wrestling festival with not just those from the WXW main shows, but also a lot of other shows. Fans and wrestlers from all over Europe are there, and they even sold tickets for, to some fans from Japan. At Saturday, there's always the legendary after-show party. Why is it legendary? Three words. Karaoke, beer, and wrestling. I, want to I tell was you also doing karaoke and beer. Yep. In Hamburg. In, in Germany. On Saturday night, just yeah. not, not there. Uh, I want to tell you about all the Rusev Hayes that happened to me there, since a lot of them were pretty interesting. Uh, first, me, the Swabian pasta guy, remember those crisps that we ate? Mm -hmm. uh, met Dan. 
Yay! Did you not see this picture they sent us on Twitter? I mean, no, I know you don't look at Twitter. Well, you, actually, you were away anyway, but they mm. they sent a picture saying like, you know, these are two WrestleTalk fans that wouldn't have met had it not been for this oh, show. And it was great. so, it really warmed my heart. It was yeah. really lovely. Uh, we met at the first day and have ever since I've had the feeling that we've bonded and that's because of our mutual love for wrestling and WrestleTalk. Since Dan went to the shows on his own, I quickly integrated him with my crew. One of us. Yay. One of us. Which I love so much. That makes me so happy. Dan's good at just making friends. He's just a he's yeah. a lovely, lovely chap. And this this Marcel, we we've not met Marcel, but he he emails in a lot and he gets in touch with him on Twitter. He sounds like such a good dude. Dan is the loveliest guy, but he's not very good at coming up with names. <laughs> For Discord fan base. Why do you have to just put people down when you're like, you're like this with Wrestle Talk Get Betters, mm. where someone's like, I'm trying to do exercise, we're going for walks, and you go, mm, that's not exercise no, though, it is isn't. it? Well, you know, I just, that's, that's how I was brought up. You've got to <laughs> make people humble. You're the game, basically, aren't you? Not Triple H way, but the other game. You just like to neg people. No, I just, I just it, it, it's weird to be positive. Too positive. You've got to. You've got to like cut it off. No, being positive is a good thing. Yeah. Take it from me and Seth Rogen. Uh, after the party uh, started, our crew was quickly joined by none other than Matthew of Botchamania, who we danced and sang along to Spice Girls, Backstreet Boys, and Rage Against the Machine. He was awesome. He also met Bobby Guns, who had just won the WXW Championship. He came into the club with his theme when his theme was playing, and he went crowd surfing through the party guests Amazing. who chanted along with the infamous chant. Axel Dieter Jr., aka yes. Marcel Bartel, was heavy flirting with the female member of our crew. It was quite Ooh. obvious um, what he was trying to achieve there. He had strong aftershave. Mm. I like his hair. No spray, no lay, <laughs> as the man in the toilet tells me. Yeah, Axel Tisha, who is Sanity's Alexander Wolf, uh, was also there with Bartel, but he quickly wandered off as far as I could tell, maybe because he realised that his former ring camp mate was busy otherwise. I had the short opportunity to tell him that it was great seeing him wrestle, and he just said, yeah, it was great to wrestle again. Sick burn. <gasps> oh. Oh. News right there. Uh, Rico Bushido and Dirty Dragon had a dance break battle on the floor, and Bushido, which uh, Bushido clearly won, then Dranga, uh, Dragon tried to do a worm but landed with his pants in a puddle of beer. When he realized he just wetted his pants, he went away uh, and he went all Ric Flair in the puddle and elbow dropped it. Uh, Bad Bones flirted with some girls. I'm not sure if they were old enough to drink, but he bought drinks for them. Oh dear. Oh dear. Uh, I'm sure I met Ray Phoenix. Ray Horace and Penta uh, were there as well, but since they were all unmasked and undercover, there was no way to tell. Other guests I had a clear vision of were Ilya Dragunov, said it better this time, Peter, Pete Bouncer, Ivan Keeve, Damak, Aussie Open, Chris Brooks, and others. I love Aussie Open and Chris Brooks. You're wearing a Chris Brooks t-shirt right now. I am wearing my Chris Brooks t-shirts right now. And Dan and I sang Aerosmith, I Don't Want to Miss a Thing, which was a wonderful moment. They sent us a, a video clip. Oh, of, really? Well, of them, it was either that or it was them singing, and so Sally can wait. Which was also just wonderful. Um, the great thing about that Oasis song is... That it's great? My friend's mum is called Sally. <laughs> yeah. And there's also, of course, Ride Sally Ride. Yeah. These always come out Mustang at Sally time. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's great. Aerosmith's I Don't Want to Miss a Thing. I'm going to put it out there if I haven't already. The greatest song ever written for a movie not to feature in the movie. So it's it is in the film. Is it? Yeah. No, I thought it was just over the uh, the credits. No, it's in the film as well. When mm. they're doing the animal cracker scene. Okay, let me revise this statement. The greatest song ever written for a movie that's not a musical sequence. Hmm, okay. 
Um, I thought you were going to say that not to star someone who was in the movie because I was about to say Wild Wild West, Men in Black. Those are not better than I oh, Don't Want to Miss a Men Thing. Men in Black by Will Smith is so much better than I Don't Want to Miss a no, Thing. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. It's undoubtedly better than I Don't Want to Miss oh, a Thing. Oh, it's a pod pole. <laughs> <laughs> I smell a pod pole. Um, he, uh, he ends, I hope you enjoyed my Rusev. Hey, seriously, you have to come to 16 Carat next year. Matthew said if you just go to one show in all of Europe, UK included, it has to be this festival, and it would mean the world to me and Dan if you'd be there. Love you guys. Support Wrestle Talk. The Swabian pasta guy, Marcel Jura. P.S. Here is a Dropbox link, uh, Dropbox link to me and Dan singing, which maybe we'll play in the outro portion of this podcast, because we do need to get to the main show uh, talking about Smackdown Live and talking about what we're we talking about Kofi Kingston of course we are anyway here's the show let's talk about Kofi Kingston because I at Fastlane um, I didn't I wasn't a fan of how they took his story I felt it didn't really help anyone uh, and the momentum kind of stalled. And I think I still stand by that. I think you still could have had Kofi in a brawl. I think you I could I think you could have done the fast lane handicap, surprise handicap angle where he had to take on the bar rather than being in the triple threat match for the WWE championship and still made it exciting. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't have had the crowd chanting this is boring. Yeah. Because it did feel a bit um a bit TV that angle. Didn't yeah. feel like it belonged on pay-per-view. However, this follow-up has got me putting up my hands to Vince McMahon in particular, someone who has been the subject of much ire and criticism from us here over the last forever. And I've got to, I've got to put my take my hat off to him. This was a masterfully worked segment. It, it was the, the main event segment, and before then there was a tag match where the New Day ran in and got their revenge, their receipt. I loved that run. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so the, man, it was so good. Should we talk about that first? Yeah, yeah. So it was Alistair Black and Ricochet and the Hardy Boys taking on Shinsuke Nakamura, Rusev, and The Bar. League of Nations 2.0. So you and I have got the exact same note. <laughs> the baby faces and the heels there. And first of all, what an amazingly stacked SmackDown tag division. Yep. There's no Gallows and Anderson. In um, there, or no sanity. sanity. Yeah. Uh, AOP was the other tag team we forgot. That well, one of them's injured, so mm. you can't really count them yeah. at the moment. I guess Drake's also not doing anything with them currently. He's playing with his child's play toys. This was mostly just a uh, a shrink screen ad break. It was a few bits, and then it went into an ad break, yeah. and then it came back. Very short. And then everyone just started hitting finishes. Yeah, it was that, that classic WWE thing of just like, we'll do some stuff, then everyone gets in, we'll all do finishes, and then New Day ran down for the DQ. Yeah, it was really frantic. It was it was genuinely awesome uh, to have like those eight guys out there and to tip it over the edge. Yeah, Big E, Kofi, and Xavier all run down and lay the heels out because it was those heels, the bar, Rusev and Nakamura, who attacked them. Well, the bar beat up Kofi in the handicap match and Rusev and Nakamura stopped uh, Biggie and Xavier from saving him at yes. Fastlane. So I just thought that like the New Day looked awesome here and it uh, immediately brought back all that momentum that I felt was a little bit lost. This New Day rocks. 
where it's just like they were super serious. There was no messing around. There was no like Biggie doing his sort of like shucking and jiving and things like that. There was no throwing out pancakes. These guys, we're going down there and we're going to F some S up. And they went down there and they F'd up a lot of S. And they were just beating up all the heels. And Big, Big E was my shining star of this segment. I th- he was my personal standout because I love super serious Big E. I love super serious Big E where it's just like, oh, by the way, I'm super strong and I'm just going to run over you now. And you're, you're in my way and I'm going to destroy you. I thought he was awesome. Yeah, they all looked awesome. So and, good. And it was Kofi... Stand him up. Stand him up so he could hit the Trouble in Paradise. Yeah. Oh, it was wicked. And just the, there's something about Kofi's movement. when he It's something he does when he swings his arms yeah. to fire himself up, like he pounds his chest. And it's, I see that happen. And I get, I get excited. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's very, very good. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, a great bit near the start of the show to sort of set up the main event segment, which was... Kofi coming out all the new day to to face Vince McMahon in the ring. Mm. Essentially cut him off because he was there sort of chatting away and then like showed the video package. And then New Day came out with their music, but again, super serious. They, there was no messing around here. They came down to the ring. And I I loved the way that this was structured because mm. it was Woods and Biggie fighting the cause for Kofi. Being like, here is why Kofi deserves this title shot. And then Vince would go like, well, you see, pal, you've got to earn title shots around here. And they were like, mate, he's earned it as well. He did this, he did this. And then Vince cuts this great, like, just bear is like, I just don't think you're main event caliber. And it's like, and you know, I was also having a chat with Daniel Bryan backstage. And you know what he said to me? He said, Vince, I think Kofi's great, but he's not much more than a B plus player. Hell of a line. Hell of a line. I mean, it would have, I almost feel like it would have been better if it came out of the mouth of Daniel Bryan rather than Vince saying it. But what a great line that mm. was. Yeah, just it ties into all of that stuff that Brian himself had. It, it's great because it, it put over Kofi. Uh, it, Vince's delivery throughout this entire thing was great because he wasn't an all-out heel. He wasn't the evil Mr. McMahon, you're fired yeah. character. He was, hey, look, I, I, I like you. He's like businessman Vince. Yeah, I like you, but you just, you're not on the level of everyone else. There was another great line, which I thought was the most cutting. Uh, because B plus player, we we that there's the Brian thing yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, that the one was you're a future Hall I of Famer. Loved this. You're a future Hall of Famer, Kofi, which they say all the time. Yeah. But then he paused and he went, but not by yourself. Yeah. You're in there with uh, with the new day. And he and he's like, let's be honest with ourselves. Yeah. Like really, it's just like I mean, you know this as well as I do. You're not. You're only going in the Hall of Fame as New Day. You're not going in as a solo act. I thought it was a really cutting line of, of not just Vince saying, this is what I think, of Vince saying, like, I know you know this as well, even mm. though Kofi himself doesn't know that. I, I thought it was wicked. He, he also said, uh, you need the New Day because these two young bucks can do all the work while you take the glory. Mm. But again, not like a, and that wasn't an overly, evilly delivered line. It was just like he was stating facts. Yeah. Facts that we all very much disagree with. Uh, but, but we're the, supposed to because he yeah. is the heel and they're the baby faces. Exactly, so I, exactly. I thought this was a really, really well-structured segment. Um, the the Young Bucks line, you know, I, Vince doesn't know who the Young Bucks are. No. But coming the same night as Randy Orton's I, Dixie but, Carter, yeah, Too Sweet. I was going to say, but like, I mean, that's not a dig at, new, at the Young Bucks because AJ does that every week. WWE shoots on AEW. The war has begun. <laughs> Only they really. My guess at this time is Luke going <laughs> to talk about how he genuinely believes 
WWE is shooting on AEW. Only I don't. Come on, man. Where's your sense of sensationalism? <laughs> when so, you put that down as the title today, I genuinely had a belly laugh at it. I was like, got to throw stuff at the wall. I was like, that is an Ollie Davis headline right there. Uh, so yeah, the, you had the structure, like you said, of Biggie and Xavier sort of fighting their corner, saying, We're, we've been on every media appearance. We always turn up. We haven't threatened to leave. Oh, that's a great line. We haven't threatened to leave. We've done everything that has been asked mm. of us, and yet you still treat us like garbage. Yeah, and that threatening to leave thing is technically within kayfabe because Dean Ambrose has been acknowledged to be leaving the company. So that wasn't too inside baseball for me. I yeah. thought that was a very well-worked line. And it was and it was the other line as well we talking about, uh, he said, the only thing getting in the way is like, we're bigger than Vince McMahon's ego. And Vince just paused and goes, well, there's nothing bigger than my ego. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and th- that was just like Vince being humble. It was a, yeah, it was a, Vince was really good in this segment and he, he is not often good these days. Yeah. This so is- it was nice to see him being good. It's the best he's been probably since that Kevin Owens segment mm. last year. Was that last yeah. year or was it the year before? Uh, I think it was two years ago. Yeah, right, yeah so it had been the year before. Uh, oh, yeah, I can't remember. No, it would have been because it led to Hell in a Cell with uh, Shane and uh, Owens. Which led into to, Daniel Bryan re- returning. Yes, which led to their WrestleMania match. Which So it was two years ago. Yeah. Oh, a lot of stuff happens these days <laughs> in short periods of time. Life comes at you fast. Um, and... Yeah, well, there was Vince said, look, and then it goes to Vince, and Vince is sort of saying to these guys, you, you're not, you, you're not ready. If you were ready, it would have happened a long time oh, ago. Oh, that was great. Where he's like, if you deserved the title shot, it would have happened already. And I'm thinking, God damn it, Randy Orton, <laughs> this, yeah, is your this is fault. your fault. Uh, and then, but the the crux to this is that Kofi then speaks up, and he's like, oh, Can I just add? Sorry to cut you off. There's one more bit. <laughs> I don't think it was intention like this, but uh, Vince is saying, you know, you you would have had a shot by now if you really did deserve it. B-plus player, future Hall of Famer, but only with the New Day. People like you. Yeah, it's it's the Triple H when he was feuding with Booker T, where it's like, Mm. people like you don't win championships. Yeah. So hopefully they do the right thing and have Kofi win now, rather than what happened with Triple H and Booker T, where Triple H just beat him. Oh, no. Well, he didn't just beat him. He pedigreed him and then went out to fight other people up the ramp and then came back and pinned Booker T without doing another move to him because the pedigree is a very devastating maneuver. Yeah, not even social justice (laughs) can overcome the pedigree. Uh, But yeah, a few people have brought that up. I, I... I think I think it's quite a that the, there is there is a there is subtext to it, but I don't think that's a that means it shouldn't be said. I think it's it's yeah. quite a nice play on previous stuff. I was going to say I don't think this has ever been a race thing no. uh, in in WWE's eyes. I don't think they've ever played it up as a race thing. I think a lot of people have said that it's a race thing in sort of like YouTube comments and, and online and stuff. But I don't think that this storyline has ever been about race it's been about Kofi has been with this company for 11 years and has never been given this opportunity despite the fact that he's been over for 11 years um and but anyway Kofi finally spoke mm, up and sorry. defended himself and he he said he sort of like put his hand up to, to Kofi uh, to Xavier and, and Biggie he was like look no one's getting fired because of me like and I, I thought it was really nice he was like look guys I, I appreciate what you've done but step back a second because you're arguing with the boss and he, Titus O'Neil got, got yeah, suspended absolutely. for indefinitely for just touching Vince. touching Vince, and then he just had this 
great, great promo where he talked about how this is the job that he absolutely loves. And he loves traveling all over the world. He loves wrestling. He loves being able to do what he does. And then talked about how he's been away from his family. And he's like, I've never been trick-or-treating with my kids. The crowd went crazy for that. They were like, oh, my God, Kofi. Exactly, yeah. And I, WWE love to do this sort of family mm. man stuff of being like, it's so tough for these wrestlers being taken on the road. It's like, yeah, it's your fault. It's your fault <laughs> they're on the road all the time. I must say, though, I, I don't really care about that side of things. But the difference with Kofi, well, I, not that I don't care about it. I just think Heartless. it's not something that usually works well in a promo. I like the wrestlers to feel bigger than life. It's like I don't like hearing monetary figures. Contract statements. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, it takes me out of it. Yeah. But Kofi here just was so believable and genuine. Like I, I never for once thought Kofi's acting. Mm. I, yeah, thought, yeah. I, I believed everything he said. It felt like this was a conversation that could have happened backstage behind mm. closed doors that we've never seen. And it's also about like you know how his son lost his tooth, his lost lost his first tooth last week, and I didn't get to see the look on his face when he found the money under the pillow from the tooth fairy. It's all very very nice stuff. The Rock, Stephen Merchant movie, <laughs> the Tooth Fairy. Is that Stephen Merchant? Yeah, he's in he's in there. That's oh, where I, they met. I thought you meant like he directed it for a second. I was no, like, no. is that why it's not funny? Hey, it's not actually that bad. The Tooth Fairy is not bad. Yeah. And isn't that the aim? To make movies that aren't that, <laughs> that bad? bad. <laughs> I mean, that's what we aim with all of our content. Yeah, As yeah, long yeah. as our content is just, it's not bad. That's, then... what, that's what Batista goes out there. He's like, I hope I don't make a, a that good movie. <laughs> Uh, anyway, this is a heck of a promo. Heck yeah. of a promo. And he had this line where he was just like, all I want you to do is to tell me what I need to do to get this title shot so I can go out and do it. And Vince then revealed what he's got to do. Because Randy Orton comes out. And I instantly, I'm like, if I'm up in my seat, be like, why is Randy Orton coming out? He's mm. very much involved with an AJ thing. Then Samoa Joe rises out. I was like, what? Why is Joe now out? And then the bar come out. And eventually Vince is like, you've got to beat all of these men next week in a gauntlet match. And I said this in my review. I want that match to take up all two hours next week. Oh! Having Kofi run it. And do it like we were talking about with that TNA match where it's the opening match. We've got other things planned and announced, but we're going to have to cancel those because this match is going longer than we anticipated. And just run it being like, can he get to the, the final gauntlet before the two hours runs out? I yeah, that would be a great that'd be a great idea. I, I kinda I I was surprised by how much how into this I was, this reveal that next week it's a gauntlet match. Because, you know, they they just had a gauntlet match. The one where Kofi made like really got this resurgence of a push yeah. just a few weeks ago. And so if this was done wrong, it could just be be like, oh, you're just repeating the thing. Okay. But I, I'm so into it. Like I genuinely cannot wait. And it is rare. For me, about WWE programming, to I'm on the edge of my seat waiting for this match to happen next week. Do you know what I think elevates this? Because it could have been very easy for them to do, considering it was set up earlier in the night, to have had Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura mm. in that. I stumbled in my words a little bit there. Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura along with the bar, and that's the four people with Rowan that they've got to get through. I think because it's Randy Orton and Samoa Joe, all of a sudden this feels like that's main event. Like that yeah. is a big time. That's a tough task to get through in order to beat Randy Orton and Samoa Joe and Rowan, who was pushed like an absolute beast in the in the other tag match on this show. The bar, you know, that's that. Those will be the first two people that he beats. You know, quite quite convincingly, and that doesn't really matter. But that now you're like that's a big task ahead of him, 
And that's great. And that really makes me excited to see the show because I'm like, I, how are they going to book themselves around this? Mm. I, I, I'm super I'm super excited. Well, I've, I've got a few suggestions. Oh, yeah, please yeah, tell yeah. me. I mean, so we've, we've covered Randy's history with Kofi before. We've even alluded to it on this show where Kofi and Randy were in a feud a decade ago and Kofi was genuinely becoming over. This was like the first time he was breaking from that mid-card he was pushing into that main event with mm -hmm. this feud. He was so over. There was a moment in a Madison Square Garden show on Raw, I think, where he he leapt off the turnbuckle, I believe, onto Randy through the announcer's desk after Randy had been working him over for weeks and getting the heat. And the crowd celebrated like Kofi was, like Daniel Bryan levels of over. Yeah. This would have been a few years before Bryan, of course. But reportedly, Orton apparently then just says, nah, I don't want to work with this guy anymore. You, got, you go back to the stupid, stupid, stupid moments mm. where he uh, Orton was not having a lot of fun during a match with Kofi and just started shouting at him, stupid, stupid, stupid. And then that was it. And that killed Kofi's push. Yeah. Because Randy Orton has that level of sway. It's why uh, Mr. Anderson stopped getting a push because Randy had a match with Mr. Anderson where Anderson gave him, Anderson Kennedy at the time, gave him a very high angle backdrop. Randy landed right on the shoulder of his neck and was like, Don't, not having this. And I, rem I remember at the time Brian Alvarez and Vin Vinnie V re uh, doing a review of that show where Brian's like, I've never seen Randy Orton want to get out of a match more than when he was like, oh, let me work with someone else. I want to tag out of this. Uh, yeah, it's, it's Randy, not so much these days, but in that era, he was such a hothead mm -hmm. where if stuff didn't go right in the ring, he would he would visibly flip out, kind of like Shawn Michaels used to do in the mid-90s. Yeah, act like a knob. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so having Randy in this match is such an element of poetic justice if he's the last one in the gauntlet yeah. and it's Kofi that overcomes Randy. Sure, you want to protect Randy, which is why I would have AJ come in and help. Yes, and you've got uh, to think somehow. with... Because I'm not massively keen on the, the fact that it's Joe only because he's a United States champion and I, I'm, I'm never the biggest fan of pinning champions in matches that aren't involving the title or setting up further things for the title. But I suppose you can then argue Ray can get involved in that if they are setting up a Joe versus Ray match for Mania. There's some Ray Mysterio involvement you could possibly do there as well. Yeah, you I don't, don't want to have the, too many. Well, that's that you don't want to do too many distractions. But then you also, I, I, you, I don't think you want to pin Samoa Joe mm. clean. Yeah, like a, a really dramatic show, really, really good cliffhanger. Like this is a clip. I love cliffhangers. That's what weekly wrestling TV shows should all be about. Mm -hmm. uh, and I thought this was done fantastically. Uh, now I've got to I've got to point out this was mainly from uh, Caveside Seats. They brought up two points in their review. The first one was Kofi's theme of how would you say uh, working like working to earn something meant even more on this show because you had two segments where heels and one heel and one sort of heel baby face talked about how entitled they are mm -hmm. with Shane McMahon saying I was born the best in the world for the McMahon dynasty and Randy Orton with getting the place on Smackdown from his father and being the consumer WWE guy mm -hmm. uh, so to have Kofi say after that those segments earlier on that, that worked really well yeah that's that nice yeah actually earned it and they also pointed out one other thing mm. So Vince made made it explicit that we were all stupid, the fans were stupid, for thinking 
that Kofi was going to be added to the title match at Fastlane. He, ne- he never said that. He just said it would be a triple threat, triple match. threat match. And you better get, re- and you need to go because that match is starting right now. So that was our fault for getting excited. Now, the last line from Vince was, all you need to do is beat these five men. He never said anything else. Uh, yeah, I suppose. But although the setup line for that was like, what do I need to do in order to get the shot? Because I'll do it. And Vince said, all you need to do is beat these five men. So, yeah, I suppose Vince never said the word, if you beat these five men, you'll get the title shot. So do you think this is going to be something they're going to stretch out even further? I'm telling you, man. Injury angles, suspensions, <laughs> arrests. Hopefully then Kofi can come out and cut a promo saying it's very silly, like yeah. Becky did on this show. Yeah, I, I played mind games with, <laughs> with you there, I, I think. But this was this was fantastic. This was so so good, and uh, I don't think Fastlane was the most effective way to keep the momentum going. But in the grander scheme of things, this this is an excellent follow up. Yeah, no, I I've got to agree. I, I I said this in the review, but I can really do without the the heel McMahon authority figure, like you know, stopping the baby face from from getting their title shot. Because good lord, we've been doing this now for we've been doing this dance for twenty years, and it's always Vince or it's Stephanie or it's Triple H or it's whoever. It's just I, I'm very much sick to death of heel authority figures stopping baby faces from getting title shots. However, I'm very much enjoying this storyline. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Thank you.
Well, let's do some Patreon shout-outs before we get out of here. Thank you, the Wrestling Marks of Central New Jersey. Oh, Woo! you're getting WrestleMania. Yeah. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just whacking my leg here. It's, no, nothing it's, else. I was going to say, it's nothing weird. Look at the, look at the screen. <laughs> <laughs> look at how that looks. I'm just slapping my leg, see? Do you remember when you used to do the old um, the golf clap on the old Flicker Myth podcast? Um, the Perfect Storm, Noah Trombley. Whoa, yeah! yeah. He's changed his name on Patreon, which you're allowed to do. Just send me a message. There can only be one, our legend. Oh, only yeah. one of them, and it's whoa, you, my whoa, friend. Whoa. Robert Spencer! Period. Whoa! Oh, yes. yes, Monty Brown. Monty Brown reference. Michael Sands of Time. Like Prince of a Persia. Prince of Persia one. Bull Lift Club leader Johnny Motta. Woo! Yes. yes. Yeah. John Secret Santos. Ooh, secrets. Secret what secrets Santa. does he hold? Big Apple Takedown. Lindsay Monroe. Woo! That is. That is a very good nickname. Yes. Close there to it is. We'll read it again eventually. Yeah, we will. Butter me up. Oh, is that like a build me up? No, it's because... Butter uh, me up, Soran <laughs> order. It can be, but I was thinking of like Soreen. You know, like the, the, the loaf cake that you can get that you put butter on. Butter me up, Soreen <laughs> order. <laughs> so labored. Sorry, if you want a better name, let me know, because I couldn't think of a better one. Uh, and finally, the Zodiac Zachary Marsh. Woo! Yes, yes, yes Zach. Smackdown opened with Shane McMahon coming out to explain his dastardly heel turn on his best friend, tag team partner, The Miz, uh, a storyline all of six weeks. And I think that was, I was trying to find the words to, to and how to word this in the review, so I, I couldn't really find the way to do it because writing things, I'm, I'm more better when I'm just sort of free-flowing, um, freestyling things, if you will. When Shane came out and he had the best in the world trophy, and he had Greg mm. Hamilton like introduce him as the best in the world, and then he got him to do it again because he didn't do it with enough vigor, and then he made him do it a third time because he's like, you know, you got to really put some effort into this to announce me as the best in the world. And I, th- and I thought to myself, God, this feels out of nowhere. Like it doesn't really feel like the whole storyline was that Shane was going to start believing that he really was the best in the world. That's why he had the big long celebration at Crown Jewel. That's why he was bringing out the trophy and this, that, and the other. But it feels like that's not really been a part of the character since because no. he's been dealing with Miz and he was doing this for his dad and he wanted to win the tag team titles because that's the tag team titles he's always wanted to win. And then all of a sudden he comes out this week and he's like, and now I'm the best in the world again. It was a very weird thing. I don't, I don't, I quite like the character and I like the whole thing that he did with Greg Hamilton. I thought that was really, I thought it was a nice character beat for, for Shane in, in this heel role. But this does feel a bit out of nowhere. Mm, yeah, definitely. It's 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 one of those things where you can look. Maybe maybe scholars will look back on this angle in fifty years' time and go, "Wow, on paper, what a well worked long term storyline." You had this. You had it all set up in November at Crown Jewel, and you finally pay off. What is it? Five months later, yep. with the heel turn on Miz, but actually to live through it. Those two beats are completely unconnected. Yeah. There is there there was no subtle storytelling or context in those five months to build up the idea of the heel turn. Uh shit the whole the whole idea of Shane, the ego going to his head and, and becoming an egomaniac, that hasn't been developed or built upon. No. So th- it's bad storytelling to, yeah. to, to set something up. Sometimes it's good storytelling to set something up and then pay off on it. But you also have to keep I'd say that. That's great storytelling. Yeah, to that's set something up and pay off on it. 
Yeah, that's actually very good storytelling. <laughs> that is it's classic storytelling. It's the fundamentals of how <laughs> the human race tells stories. But there is you have to keep the plate spinning. Yeah. You you know, and it works in movies uh, because they're 90 minutes long, works in TV series. This is five months of weekly TV, pay-per-views, all that stuff. Social media, if that's canon, I don't know. So I was, yeah, I like Shane's promo here. I thought Shane's delivery was good. I thought overall, this might have been one of the best promo episodes of WWE in, a, in years. I, I've got to agree. I've, one of the things I get criticized for in SmackDown reviews a lot is I always complain if there's too much talking and not a lot of action. I actually think this show got the balance really, really well. Of all the, Although the wrestling on the show wasn't like great and there's no matches on this show you should write home about, the promo work was so, so good. And it wasn't like too much of one and too much of the other. I thought they got the balance really, really mm. well in this. Yeah, Shane, Kofi, Vince, Randy. Well, the, the rest of the New Day, Randy. Oh, yeah. mate, Randy. <laughs> Orton, not Datsun. Yeah. That is sh- that we're talking about how good a Randy Orton promo was. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, he, <laughs> he knocked it out of the park. He really did. Anyway, uh, Shane came out. He got pretty decent heat. Yeah, you suck, and you suck. Yeah, yeah. And I, I love Greg Hamilton. He's I so good. There's something about his face. I also like the way he says certain names, mm. like Kevin Owens. I really like. And he he point he syncs up AJ Styles. Yeah, AJ <laughs> Styles with the way AJ does his taunt. Yeah, he does it with Alistair Black. Now I've noticed as well of like Alistair Black. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like Tim Curry in Home Alone Two. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, so yeah, Greg Hamilton is. Awesome. Yeah. Huh? And to see someone put their hands on him. Oh, that was like, to me, that was like the first time Miss Elizabeth was beaten up. <laughs> was this more effective to you than him uh, putting his hands on Ms. Dad? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. What? Ms. Dad's got such a nice tash, though. But Ms. Dad doesn't talk about breaking cave, babe. <laughs> and yeah. Ronda. Yeah. Mrs. Dad just sits there looking at his face, can see it's. He's thinking this is all. This yeah. isn't real. He's sitting there waiting, like, when's my spot? Yeah. When do I do my bit? Uh, so yeah, this was good. Um, the the trophies out there, as you mentioned, it just feels like it's come out of nowhere, though. All you had to do was just have Shane always carrying around that trophy. Yeah, and not letting Miz hold it, or like if Miz was holding it, he would just pull it slightly closer towards him and just do lots of subtle beats. And I, I was thinking about this on the way in. Maybe a, a, the way this could have worked is that if a heel did win it at Crown Jewel, so they were already a heel, and then through their actions sort of became a bit of a baby face through like being associated with The Miz or, or what have you. And then you did the, like go back to being the heel mm. again and being like, no, 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 I am the best in the world. I've already proved that I'm the best in the world by winning this trophy. Maybe that would have worked. Potentially, or, or just do what you were doing, just a little bit better, and keep the whole joint custody of the trophy storyline Yeah. Going. Because they were, that was a thing in this this program. Mm-hmm. They were and, the co-besties. Yeah, and they just dropped the whole bit of sharing custody of the trophy, which was quite funny, actually. But it hasn't been seen on TV for about two months. Yeah, and this doesn't really feel like the same Shane that didn't want to team with the Miz. You remember mm. they were going through that gimmick of things where like Miz was trying to get them to design tag team clothing for them to wear, which they never did because Shane always wears his own merch. Triple H got to get that merch money. Um, whereas uh, Miz was like, no, no, no I'm going to wear our T-shirt. Mm. So perhaps you could argue that there's some subtle storytelling in there as well, but I think more it's just Shane just wants to wrestle in his own gear. Um, so yeah, so I I like Shane's promo here. 
I thought Shane felt fresh and new again because he's got this heel persona, a heel McMahon, bloody lovely. I'm glad we got another one of those. Um, but it's, I think there are some fundamental flaws in the storytelling that they've done. Yeah, yeah. All the stuff leading up to it leaves a lot to be desired. But the, mo- the, the, the promo here, Shane's performance was, was decent. I'm mm-hmm. not going to say it was amazing. It's just decent for Shane McMahon. I mean, he didn't lose any of his words. Yeah. Uh, he got them all out there. But he said he's sick of people sucking up to him be- just to get ahead in the company, which, you know, kind of plays into the Miz dynamic. Miz wanted to be his friend, and they, they did that. Can you uh, name another person that's done it, though? Exactly, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but now he's maybe? going to start doing stuff for him. He was born the best in the world. Yeah. Which I, I, I like that rich I like kid that, angle yeah. to his character. Um yeah, and then he says he'll face Miz at WrestleMania. Yeah, it wasn't a challenge. He just said, no, I've already made this match. There aren't no heel authority figures, but he's made this match, uh, and it's official for WrestleMania. Mm. And uh, he said he's going to beat him up at WrestleMania. And I think he also called uh, Miz Dad a baked potato. Yeah. yeah, It's quite accurate. Yeah, it's yeah. a good, good description of the man. Uh, then we had the big eight-man tag that we've already talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we got an, a great Usos promo, talking about a show of great promos. Uh, it's filmed in that backstage Uso style. Looks like a movie. Yeah. And they're standing on some stairs in just these industrial parts that they always seem to have in these arenas. <laughs> yeah. And they just, yeah, they, they say, we're the champions. Who's, who's, who's next? next? Yeah, they're looking for new challenges. Really good. And then continuing the promo awesomeness, Randy Orton comes out yep. and cuts a promo on AJ Styles after they've been having a bit of tension over the last few weeks. And Randy's had some killer lines mm-hmm. in those those promos too. Uh, and then they both got physical finally at Fastlane in an Elias segment of all places. Uh-huh. And he said when AJ Styles was wrestling for $10 a night in 2002, I was, you know, making it in WWE. He said getting a tan with Dixie Carter yep. in 2005. And tan is an anagram for TNA. Oh, I didn't get that. No, well, I, I, someone, sent me me- someone sent me a message saying it was it's TNA backwards, but that would be Ant. Mm. But um, yeah, I think you can also say it's an anagram for TNA. But really, I think he was just saying because it was in Florida yeah. that you can go get a tan there. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, th- that was that was so weird to hear Dixie Carter's name. It's nice that she's canon though. EC3 might actually get a storyline uh, mm. or something now. Um, and Randy then had a really nice bit about saying, "Look, AJ Styles has been saying this is the house he built, but I've been here." on SmackDown forever, like, you know, over 15 years. Mm-hmm. I built this house. Yeah. I'm the landlord, and he's renting. I just, it was a gr- really, a, a great theme for this promo. Yeah, he had a line later on in that promo where he said, like, this is the house I built, I'm the landlord, and the rent is due, you son of a bitch. Oh, well, now you know it's serious. But yeah, yeah uh, said the B word. I thought it was really, really cool. As I said, like, I think that Randy here is the best he's been for a long, and I'm not going to say a long time because that vicious character that he had during the Jeff Hardy feud last year that was just dropped out of nowhere, mm. like an RKO. And it was just, and he just went back to being Randy Orton, which is why I thought he was a baby face again because he wasn't doing anything character wise. He was a tweener here. Yeah. I, 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 I thought he was out and out a heel here. I thought he was. Oh, really? De- yeah, I thought he was definitely a heel in this in this promo. The way I don't know. I've seen Randy promos as a heel, and it's slow delivery. He does it to get people to boo him. This was a fiery babyface promo. 
I thought it was more heel because it's kind of perhaps it depends on your point of view because if you are someone who is anti WWE and pro indies, you mm. probably are going to think, well, Randy's the heel there because he represents WWE in this argument, and AJ Styles represents the the independent circuit and and working hard to get there. And Randy Orton is very much the well, no, you were just handed all of this. Your dad was a wrestler here, so of course you got a job. You made you got famous off ripping off someone else's move, and and which was already you know which was massively over in the nineties and things mm. like that. So I I think they were really positioned. Randy as the heel here and AJ as the as the face I felt they both made valid points and they were both yeah their, their delivery I mean Randy Orton's delivery the content was fantastic Orton's delivery was so good uh, but yeah like you said AJ comes out and says Randy wouldn't have made it on the Indies I love that line it was like if you were hanging out with us and you never would have made yeah, it bit, and he said not with this and then he slowly did the the sort of Randy's arm yeah, raise thing, pose, yeah. which is I, which was a good thing. But when you think about it, AJ's just you do a the more same jerkier thing, version. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, and then he said with a knockoff diamond cutter. Yeah, and the crowd were like oh, oh <laughs> which was really son. good. Snap. And uh, and then AJ and Randy was like, oh yeah, because people in the independent circuit don't rip off anything. What's it you and your buddies do? And did the two sweet, which is ripped off from the click. It's it's a, it's it's a DX NWO thing. I mean, yeah, legally WWE they own that. own that. Yeah, hand gesture. They don't. Well, they do. They trademarked it. Mm, they it wouldn't it wouldn't hold up in court. Is this like the Carlton uh, dance mm, thing? Yeah, it doesn't really hold up it's, in court. It, it wouldn't hold up in court. Uh, from what experts have written, and but you, it's you're sort of priced out of combating it mm-hmm. because of WWE's massive legal department. So what you're saying there is the WWE won that legal argument. Yeah, by with money. Yeah, by yeah, 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 yeah by yeah, default. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but then yeah, Orton got the job from his dad. This was such a good promo exchange. Mm-hmm. Like both guys got line, 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 line. It wasn't. I'm going to speak for three in- uninterrupted minutes. Oh, we get that later. Now yeah. you speak for three uninterrupted minutes. It felt this was great. Yeah, this I thought was it was really a good. Home run segment. And it's you and I have discussed this on the show as well. Like this storyline has been done to death in WWE of like the established WWE guy versus the guy from the indies, and you get your bingo hall lines in, and you're working for ten dollars, and it took you fifteen years to get here, whereas I just walk through the door. Like we've seen this promo done mm. a thousand times in this company over the last ten or so years. I'd say this was probably the best version of it, and I, and I and it really didn't feel like it had been done over and over and over again. Because yeah. the WWE versus indie thing is is it's a storyline they've done many times. This felt like it was a first time doing it. Mm. I, I thought both guys did really really well. It's the most interesting AJ has been, like talking to Randy Orton, saying like because Randy Orton's just been doing nothing for the last you know few, since the Jeff feud and his character was dropped. AJ had a boring 2017. Uh, 2018, rather. Aside from some of the Joe feud, which itself got very muddled because they could have, they couldn't decide which direction to take that storyline. He had quite a boring 2018. He was a quite a boring WWE champion. Oh yeah, definitely. but here he was so interesting. Mm. I thought AJ was wonderful. Yeah, and from for a feud that I think we were both saying, well, it'll be a really good match because we've seen what they can do with a few encounters uh, early last year, but it doesn't have a story. This changed all of that. I'm now looking forward to the story, the build, and the eventual match between them both. Like it's it's yeah. shot up there in my most anticipated mania matches. I, I was thinking about this on the way in though. 
like when you're setting up the matches we've got for Mania at the moment, where you've got Triple H and Batista, you've got AJ and Randy, and you've got Miz and Shane. That's three matches on the card there that are not for titles. And this mm. is a company that is like drowning in titles. There are going to be a lot of belts not defended on that show or belts in very big multi-man matches. I saw a, uh, a sort of rumor that it was going to be a 17-match card. What? S- 17 matches. Man. I mean, I suppose it kind of has to be with the amount of belts they've got and the amount of talent that they've got, but... So over seven hours. That's eight hours. Well, we'll, we'll find out. Uh, we love wrestling. <laughs> we love we love to be just smothered by it. You know what I love? suffocate in wrestling. Do you know what I love with wrestling shows? Death by schnooze. <laughs> Loads of them. More mm. more matches. More matches sometimes just makes a better card. Yeah, anything, anything I really, really like, I just like it to be done to death. <laughs> That's how much I love it. Oh, well, you say you love wrestling, but you can't sit through an eight-hour card. <laughs> no! <laughs> no! I can't sit through a New Japan eight-hour card. It's so long. Remember when we did Survivor Series 98 for the Patreon podcast? And that has got, like, I think that's got some ridiculous, like, 14 matches on the card. But a lot of those matches go a minute mm. or 30 seconds. And it's not like that is a show where you go back and you're like, wall to wall, that was just great action, non-stop. No, you go like... Probably could have shaved off a lot of those matches, though, couldn't you? Like, cut off the first round and just start in the second round of the tournament and giving the matches no, more time. you want that angle. <laughs> you won't get Rock just catching the, the Oh, batter. the nightstick? <laughs> yes, mate. It's the best bit of the show. Uh, after that, we got the Iconics in a little backstage promo thing. Uh, good promo. They're great promos. They're very funny. They just haven't been pushed. And they called out... You've skipped out. a match, by the way. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I have. Should we d- we'll finish up the Iconics, but then we'll go back because you did skip a bit. <laughs> so, uh, I- yeah, they called out Bailey and Banks because they haven't been on SmackDown to defend those tag titles yet. Which is true. Mm. Like, the Iconics have got a very, very good point here, which is just, hey, you said you're going to defend these belts across all three brands. You've not shown up here. And they've been on NXT. They've been on NXT and said they're going to defend the belts. Oh, the blue brand not good enough for you, Bailey and Banks. Well, so, we'll see. So either they're going to show up next week, but if they're going to do... I, fantasy booking of it being a two-hour gauntlet match and i guess it'll be the week after but then at that point you're like one week out from wrestlemania to set up a match stranger things have happened i guess uh so asuka took on sonia deville with so much momentum (laughs) (laughs) this this is problematic because asuka is now getting matches and she's being featured on smackdown but make no mistake this is not to feature asuka the story here is Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose breaking up. Uh, yeah. This was very much... She was a backdrop to a storyline they, um, they are much more interested in. Asuka is... Like, she is a uh, rudderless. Like, she has mm. got no direction whatsoever. It's going to be Lacey Evans. It has to be, right? Like, it's about the only person that she could possibly face at WrestleMania. I think, you know, screw it. Let's just have Asuka. She had one of the longest... Winning streaks in in WWE history. Let's put her on a WrestleMania losing streak. (laughs) And every year he could be like, will she win this one? And she'll lose to Lacey Evans at Mania. It's so funny because I was like, it's going to be Lacey Evans, right? It's the only person she could face. And then I I was going through WWE's Twitter feed while I was grabbing images. There's Nikki Cross on the main roster now, which I keep forgetting about because she hasn't been featured since she lost to Ruby Riot before mm. Elimination Chamber. She's been missing. Like she just isn't anywhere on any of these shows. Yeah. Um, 
Also, Byron Sexton said that Asuka is now 2-0 against Fire and Desire. I'm like, Mandy Rose beat her two weeks ago. That's what set up the pay-per-view match. Have we just forgotten this now? Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe 2-0 in the last in two, two weeks. weeks. <laughs> in I don't in know. the last three days, she is 2-0 and against them. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, but the I, 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 I got suckered in. I thought Asuka and Sonya Deville. We're, we're big fans of Sonya Deville. I was genuinely really thrilled for this. I was like, I wish this was on pay-per-view, but man, this could be great. And they started wrestling, and it was good. Yeah, really good. And uh, Sonya did a wicked spear. Yeah, and there was a spear is awesome. And there was a few strike exchanges. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then four minutes in, they replayed that apron trip spot, but this time it was Mandy Rose who did it to Sonya. And yeah, uh, Sonya tripped into the Asuka lock, taps, and... Deville and Rose sort of have a tiff and walk off. Yeah, I can't wait to see that payoff in the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, then we got the Becky Lynch promo. Yeah, it's kind of sad, really. It's just sad to see how much momentum she's lost. Mm. So Becky comes out, she throws away the crutch, and she's still hobbling, but now it's hobbling unaided. I don't really know how that works because Charlotte did beat her up for seven minutes. Exactly, yeah. Like, that was then just... So the match answered, I guess it was fake. I guess Ronda Rousey was right. It's not mm. real at all. Uh, they do a recap video of the Farsane Angle and Ronda's Raw segment. And then Becky just kind of recapped how ridiculous this feud's been so far. She proper made fun of how crap this story has been. There's been suspensions. There's been arrests. Charlotte was shoehorned. She even said shoehorned yeah. in. She was like, and then I was suspended again. And like, it was a really, she got the microphone and was like, this storyline is dumb. And I've been told to recap this storyline. I'm going to make it sound as dumb as it possibly, as dumb as it was. And she succeeded because it made it all seem very, very silly. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting when they were recapping the Ronda promo from Raw that they cut out all the stuff where she said, like, con women and this is fake and it's scripted. And she cut, they cut around all of that stuff and just focused on it as if it was a normal wrestling promo in that I'm going to destroy them at WrestleMania. Mm. Yeah. Maybe it's because Ronda exists outside. But, like, if Becky says it's fake, that's not going to get picked up by mainstream media. Mm -hmm. But when Ronda says it, it might do, and hey, then people might go, huh, maybe Ronda is going to beat someone up for real life. Well, that's what they're hoping for, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Becky had a really good line where she said she claimed that she'd played Ronda like a fiddle, and she'd got in her head so much that, well, on social media and all, the, and all the promos, that Ronda came out and clocked Becky in the mouth, and that's it was all part of Becky's master plan to get into Mania. I, I don't I don't believe that story. No. I felt Becky sounded silly and deluded for thinking that. But she did have a good line, which is, do you know how hard it is to play mind games with someone who doesn't have a brain? That was a good line, mm. yeah. Called Ronnie, Ronnie a little weirdo. Yeah, that was funny. I mean, Becky was good, but... It was sad to see. Like, this was a, a, a woman who just two months ago was the most over person in this entire company. Some might even argue this entire industry. And she was getting thunderous reactions. And now she's coming out to the reaction she would have got this time last year when people were just happy to see Becky. She doesn't feel like the Becky that we were, that everyone was massively into back in January. And that's yeah. a real, real shame. 
they've made significant missteps in booking this feud. Uh, Charlotte came out to say that she's been carrying the division for years. Yeah, we've heard uh, this promo many, many times. Yeah, um, Becky's only just shown up. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. It's stuff they've said before. And now they're in... But Becky had a kind of nice line. Yeah, but I showed up and now we're in the main event. Yeah, she was like, you've been carrying this division for four years, but I showed up and six months later, we're in the main event of WrestleMania. Yeah. So, you know, you're welcome. <sighs> yeah. Then we got Vince backstage. Uh, I think it was Kayla Braxton standing outside waiting for an interview. And Brian walks out with Rowan. And she's like, what, what were you talking about? And he said, Kofi Kingston. Uh, and there's a tag team match booked later. Yeah. But before that tag match, we got another tag match. Yeah, card subject to change. Yeah. So this was announced it was supposed to be Samoa Joe versus R-Truth for the US title. And then it got changed, I guess, on the night to be a tag match. But, but you know, plans don't change. This thing is its something that doesn't happen in this company, I'm told. That US title feud is particularly subject to <laughs> yeah, change. Because it, it changed at Farsane as well. Yeah. Um on that, just going back to that Vince segment, mm. we didn't talk about this in the in in the opening of the show either. Do you think it's weird that Vince and Brian are sort of aligned? Makes no sense. Yeah, because you're like, it's why? weird that Owens and Ali are also kind of aligned. Yeah, because I'm like, there was a, the last shot of the show. One of the last shots of the show is like Brian and Vince looking a bit worried of the new day, and I'm like, why are they working together? Why does Vince want Brian to be the champion? Like, I kind of get why he doesn't want Kofi being champion, because he's a B-plus player. But why does he want Brian being champion? Maybe he's finally uh, gotten on board with eco-values. <laughs> Vince McMahon. No more steaks. Could be. Just tofu. Yeah. Bad tofu. <laughs> There's no such thing. Tofu is delicious. Yeah. It, uh, Texture-wise, I don't agree. Uh, You've got to cook it right, mate. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Say, uh, uh, Roasting the, tofu, mate. I'm, I'm going to make you a dish. I'm going to come around to your house. I'm going to make okay. you a delicious dish. It's what a threat. <laughs> uh, the, but yeah, it, it makes no sense. It makes you're, you're right. It makes yeah. no sense. Yeah. But anyway, so this tag match was short, um, and it was. But you know, it's these four lads. We've seen these four lads now in the ring for the, you know, last week and the, I think the week prior as well. And uh, and it was it was fun. There was some fun spots in there, and it ended with Ray pinning Samoa Joe, which one would assume to say, which you would assume would suggest they're going to do Ray versus Joe at WrestleMania. Yeah, such Joe, for Andrade. Joe sold this amazingly. Oh, he was pissed. Yeah, off. like because it, it, it was a surprise roll up on Joe, and Ray runs out there right away as soon as he's picked up the victory, and Joe looked furious, so furious that he not only beat up Truth. He beat up his tag partner Andrade as well. It looked vicious. Yeah. And it really, it didn't just put over Ray. Uh, it also put over Joe more that he cares so much about losing and how much of an upset that was. Yeah. Like, it felt like a bigger deal because of the way Joe reacted. I completely agree. But that's what worries me for next week in the gauntlet match because he's going to have to lose again. Mm. Well, you say that, but they protected him really, really well in the first gauntlet match. Yeah. Oh Where yeah, Joe, you got counted out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He just he was in, got the kikina. Was it counted out or was the kikina clutch reversed and his shoulders were on the? Oh, was that the, the one? Yeah, they did the the Bret Hart. Yeah, you could do either. Thing. Yeah, but uh, th- there are ways to protect people from losing in gauntlet matches. Uh, yeah, I, I I hope they go that direction. Actually, yeah, I take that back then. But yeah, this was I, I'm Ray versus Joe at WrestleMania. That is a match that I think would be awesome. I think it'd be really cool. And just kind of, I'm gutted for Andrade, really, because it really felt like we're never going to get this Andrade-Rey Mysterio pay-per-view match. It's going to be a multi-man match. I don't know why you think this is 
setting up just one on one. But it's because the reason why I thought it might be a one on one thing is because afterwards Joe beat up the other two challengers and laid them out yeah. with just Rey Mysterio left. So you kind of eliminated the other two from the equation. No? They're going to have words next week. And you think they're just going to set up, just do the four way again at Mania? Yes, I do. <laughs> I think we're going to get these four guys every week up until WrestleMania to have another match at WrestleMania. Joy. Mm. I mean, to be honest... It's one of it's, the best programs. It's one of the best on, pro- yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I like watching them all wrestle, so I'm all for that, mate. Mm. But, but maybe in a ladder match. Maybe there's stop, a stip. For, stop saying it's going to be a ladder match, because you know it won't be. No, the, the, that's how you freshen it up for Mania. You make a, <laughs> you make a stipulation. Uh, and finally, we got, because the Kofi Kingston segment was the main event, we got Kevin Owens and Mustafa Ali taking on Daniel Bryan and Rowan. So I thought this was done for, this was done for two reasons. Number one, it was to write Owens and Ali at the WWE Championship picture for the time being, because we're focusing on doing a, yes, a one-on-one match between Bryan and Kofi. Yes, please. That's exactly what we all wanted to see. And number two, put over that Rowan is unstoppable and the Iron Claw is, uh, what do you call it? Yeah, the Iron Claw, that's what it's called. Is devastating and will absolutely break your back and destroy you, which then paid off when he was revealed as the possibly last person that Kofi's going to have to beat in order to get to Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. Yeah. So Ali was worked over for the majority and it was Rowan who took out Kevin Owens and then blind tagged himself in Iron Claw victory yeah uh quite a not it was, it was just a yeah it wasn't it was, really it, a match it was, no it was there to put over rowan so that you could set him up for the main event segment and that's great like all on paper fantastic i just rowan's not the guy but he is though he's big i mean just I why can't you, luke harper be i know you wanted to be luke harper but clearly that's not the di- we all thought that's the direction they're gonna go but i guess not it's like that again they're doing everything right i see what they're doing but I fundamentally disagree with the charisma of the main person. Yeah. So, but, you know, tick for doing those things. Hopefully it pays off with the Kofi Gauntlet match next week. And people actually care. Because that Gauntlet match, when Rowan comes out, that's the sound that's going to, that the arena's going to make. It's the Tamina reaction. It's all the heat is going to go because you can build him up as much as you want. It doesn't, there's nothing there, unfortunately. Yeah, he he didn't get that reaction at Royal Rumble, and I don't think he's had that reaction since. He gets a reaction because he's with Brian, but I don't know if Rowan's getting that reaction on his own. Mm. Uh, he I isn't. Don't, no. I'll clear that up for you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, I don't think he's not over to the degree where he feels like the unstoppable monster that you've got to get through. But, you know, if they'd have been, if they'd built this up a little bit more, maybe he would have done. Or if it had been Luke Harper. Yeah, I, I think it's... Unfortunately, it's it's Rowan who's the problem here. I don't think he has the the, the chops and the the presence. And Nick Harper to... returned at a house show recently in uh, Rochester. So, so what did you give it overall? I gave it a smacktastic. I really enjoyed yeah. this show. Um, totally it, agree. It, all it needed was like if this had had like a big killer match on it, I think I probably would have given it a smackdown because or a very high smacktastic because I, I loved all the promo work on this. I thought. I never thought I'd be saying this in 2019. I thought Randy Orton was one of the best things on the show. Him and AJ's segment was absolutely awesome. I thought Kofi was brilliant. I thought New Day as, a, as an act were brilliant. And I really, and I, and I like Shane's promo mm. as well. I, I thought it was a lot of really, really good stuff on here. I'm just, I'm just so gutted for Asuka just going nowhere. Like they gave her the belt because they needed to get it off Becky, but had no plan of where to go after that. And that sucks. It's a, it's a really, yeah, really, really good show. 
But even better than that, for next week, I, I like I'm I'm so excited for next week's episode. So excited, man. And I don't wanna raise my expectations too much, but I'm thinking that could be a, a five out of five show. It, it very it very well could be because that gauntlet match uh, I've I've mentioned this on podcasts and before but I've got like a word document with my favorite matches of the year that gauntlet match previously oh, that yeah. that's in my top ten matches of the year so Amazing. far loved it Reese has emailed in to say good afternoon Luke Ollie Laurie and not Dandy Ratson listening in I thought I'd throw my hat to the ring with naming a sudden subsection of the fans you've chosen to outsource this firstly as an Andy fan I can only assume there's uh, and I can only be one two at a push maybe it's easy to just call them by their names <laughs> I like that uh, the, uh, he yeah. says I personally assume they're also called Andy yeah uh, the Andy Datsun fans will now be called those three people. <laughs> uh, and he actually did email in a suggestion for the Ramble uh, Discord users, which is Ramble Swarm. Uh, we are vast, we never seem to stop, and the second something big happens, we all seem to descend upon it in a moment's notice. Uh, uh, always thanks for the super consistent content. Looking forward to Screen Stalker, all hail Fakador, etc. Kind regards. Hey, please. stop that chat here. Uh, I still don't think we found the name. Mm -hmm. Well, for Randy. Oh, oh for, for the, the Discord. The Discord. Uh, nothing's, nothing's popped. Assange emails in, hello Luke and hello Ollie and or Laurie, but certainly not hello Andy Datsun, whose life might be worsened with this email. I thought I'd chime <laughs> in on the debate. Uh, what the three misguided people seem to have been taking a liking to that horny goblin with his siren's voice which should be called. Uh, my personal suggestion would be Fandies, but since everyone else seems to be doing it with the latest uh, last podcast, and since his name seems to be interchangeable as WWE Midcard Champions, I thought of a few nicknames for poor old Randall Keith Datsun. Some clever, some witty, some funny, others not so much. Anyway, here we go. Mahatma Gandhi Datsun. <laughs> a cheeky Nandies. Mm. Uh, my Mandy Datsun. Handyman Datsun. Tarzan and Jandy. The Outland Outlandish Datsun. That's the best one so far, but that's damning with faint praise. Pandy Dropper Datsun. Mandy Ratson. Sandy Beach Datsun, Sweet Candy Datsun, and finally, Dandy Ratson. I like Sweet Candy Datsun. Sweet Candy Datsun's good. That's like a wrestling name, yeah. Sweet Candy Datsun. I mean, that did seem like you went into crap gimmick mode with a few of those, particularly the, the Tarzan and Jane one. Mm. That's <laughs> that's rubbish. Yeah, that, that is. And Sandy Beach, that's not, that's not great. Uh, he, I like this as well. It's like, also, if you've noticed, if you swap the first vocals of Laurie Blake's first and last name, you get a name that sounds a lot less cool, namely Larry Bloke. Larry Bloke. Uh, if he doesn't find it funny, don't tell him where it came from. I don't want to be assimilated. Hey, you're right, Larry Bloke. How's it <laughs> Larry doing? Larry Bloke. Oh, it's, anyway. just, uh, it's just next to, uh, I don't know, what's it? Steve... Mate. Larry Larry Bloke goes to screw fix a lot. Yeah, yeah. Larry Tool Station, Larry Bloke. Oh, it's Mr. Bloke here. Mr. Bloke <laughs> needs a couple of Phillips screws and uh dong no, dongle's too technical. Yeah, hard tr strictly Wood. hard I want some MDF. MDF. Twelve by four. Twelve by four bits of MDF, thank you very much. A drill. Yep, and a shed. A whole shed. One shed. Please. I want two sheds. I want one that's fully built, and I want it delivered to me in a van. <laughs> and it has to be white. I'm not having any white. of those multicoloured ones with yeah. logos on it or anything. And I want one that's flat pack that I can build 
and then I'm going to tear down. To, so just so I can compare it to the proper shed, I'm going to tear down the proper shed once I've made the new shed, and I'm going to build a, a bureau. Also, with the old shed. When you do give me the flat pack shed, take out the instructions. Don't need them. I'll figure it out on my own. Well, I don't need it because I've got a fully formed <laughs> shed. That I'm just going to follow up. That I'm just going to compare it to because I've got a good eye yeah. tool station. I think I've, um, I, I certainly told you this. I don't think it's been on the podcast, though, of what I'm doing for my friend Stag Do uh, next Saturday. Mm. I'm building a shed. I'm going over to his house and I'm going to build a shed in his garden. And I am bloody excited because I got to send him in a text message. Do you want me to bring my toolbox? Oh, it was. I felt like such a man. So he knows that's the plan. Yeah. It's, it's not it, like a surprise where he's like, oh, I wonder. Yeah. Don't pack, mate. <laughs> <laughs> don't pack. And then you turn up on the day. Yeah, it's because we're staying at yours all weekend and we're building a shed. We're building a shed, mate. Um, no, it was it was his idea. Really more, it feels like he needs to build a shed and he needs some helping hands. So mm. it just makes sense for us to go around and give him a helping hand. Stop saying it makes sense. <laughs> Very few of the things that you claim to make sense make sense. I'm I'm genuine. I mean, I like hanging out with them anyway because they're like some of my best friends. But I, I'm really excited to build a shed Ooh, with them. Best friend. Although, unfortunately, the... build a shed. <laughs> you're right there. Shed friends. Shed friends. <laughs> unfortunately, um, my drill is corded and therefore it might not be any use. So I am going to cordless drill. Daisy chains. <laughs> <laughs> All the way out. All the way Extension out. Extension cables. Out the window from G the upstairs. Get on Amazon now. Start <laughs> priming them. <laughs> Uh, Tony has uh, emailed in. We'll get out of here for a quick 80% fact. Uh, when I was a child, a friend of mine told me that every time you sneeze, your heart stops momentarily. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that it could be true. It could be like a really tiny fraction. Uh, I don't know why it would. I don't know what possible. I feel like evolution would have ironed out that kink. We've also but I've still got an appendix. So. We've still now had three sneeze-based facts, mm. like the one if you sneeze too many times you'll die, and I added in the one that if you it's one tenth of an orgasm. So like if you sneeze ten times in a row, you have an orgasm. Uh huh. Um, uh, Tony, just on that, also adds in. P.S. That Swedish accent that Ollie did a few weeks ago was rawful. Why does every English-speaking country think that we sound anything like the Germans? Every impression of Swedish I've heard sounds more German-like. Yeah, I've got no answer for you, but I do have another <laughs> sneeze. I like how you just yeah. What so, about so that. if you keep your eyes open? When your you eyes sneeze. fall out. Your eyes <laughs> fall out. <laughs> <laughs> We did, me and Laurie talked about that one in the NXT podcast, because yeah. my mum says, like, I try and keep my eyes open when I'm sneezing. And then we had a yeah. discussion about, your eyes are only closed for like a microsecond. But yeah, yeah, your eyes will fall out if you keep them open. Um, but yeah, can you try the Swedish accent again for us one more time? Swedish accent? That does sound German. Do you Nadi. think it sounds German? A... <laughs> now you're just doing a German. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm doing a Swedish accent. <laughs> Oh, dear me. Wait, look, it's Becky Lynch. <laughs> my uh, my brother used to date a... Uh, a uh, I mean, she was Ukrainian and Russian. Um, like her, I think her dad was Russian and her mum was Ukrainian. But she was like she was born in Norway and raised in Sweden. She, she kind of considered herself Swedish. And I did learn that uh, from the Swede, um, not much of a sense of humour because they don't think the Swedish chef is funny. And they uh, find it quite offensive. They don't... They find what? Swedish chef. 
Oh, yeah, from the Muppets. Yes, yeah. because I was told not to make Swedish chef jokes because she was a chef. And I was like, mm. come on, man. She probably gets... Is it offensive or is it just boring? Because the same joke must have been made to her loads of times. I'd imagine... Yep, and I can totally get on board with that. With that said, it, it is a funny voice, though. Mm. And the Swedish chef is a very funny character. It's okay because uh, Swedish are kind of like a... They're, they're very first world. However, if you were to do that with other countries... It feels really bad. feels really bad. You wouldn't do that yeah. with like a Japanese stereotype. No, you wouldn't do the Japanese no, 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 chef and no. do something very similar. Yeah. Also, do you know what my favorite thing about Sweden is? Apart from the fact that it is a wonderfully progressive country and it is just a beautiful, beautiful country full of lots of beautiful people. It is. Hit me up. It is that they only have one game show on TV and it's their version of 15 to 1 and it's just called Who Knows the Most. It's straight. It's to the point. Yeah. There is no messing around with that title. Who knows the most? I've got an 80% fact on Sweden that's just popped into my head. <laughs> Hit me. You have to have the equivalent of a £50 note on your all times. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, I swear I've heard that because it's so expensive. <laughs> and it's actually, it's actually illegal. I don't think that's true. No, I don't think that's true on at all. <laughs> I'll text my brother and ask him. He did yeah, live there I for know. a while. Anyway. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with the NXT review where card is not subject to change because it's already taped and they can't change things. Um, and then we'll be back on Saturday with the magazine show. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.